My friends, while Chad is away working on his doctoral degree, he said that we could preach on whatever we wanted. So if you missed Mark's sermon last week on faithing and churching, be sure to get on the internet, go to the website, not right now, later, go to the website and check out his sermon. It was terrific, or just listen to it in the podcast. Now, like I mentioned, Chad said I could preach on whatever I wanted, so today, buckle up. If at any time you feel an amen rising up within you, release it. A week ago, we were at our eco-denomination national gathering, Roland and I and Bill Ford, and I sat by a young man during one of the sermons, and he was sharing some amens, you know, amen, and he even let out a few, come on now, and it was great. Um, So just so you know, I thrive on those. I do well with those, so if you feel that coming, just share that. All right, amen, amen. Thank you for encouraging Roland and me for being supportive of us that we could go to the national gathering. We learned a ton and we'll be sharing that with you over the months and days to come. Elder Bill Ford joined us there as well and I thanked him in the 930 service for doing that. All right, my friends, let's pray before we begin. Heavenly Father, majestic and mighty, radiating your glory upon us. We love you. We are in awe of you. And we ask that your Holy Spirit would move in this congregation and outside the four walls of this church. And we are so very grateful that you knew we needed a savior. Thank you for Jesus the Christ. In his strong and powerful name we pray, amen. All right, so buckle up, so here we go. Contrary to popular cultural opinion and assumption, I cannot and shopping. I don't like shopping for clothes, especially. It's a waste of my time. You, you go through rack after rack and item after item, and you finally take it all to a dressing room where 17 other people have been changing already. And you try these clothes on, but this one you need in a smaller size, and this one you need in a larger size. I just, I can't stand it. I just... Men, men, waist this size, pant length this size, done. Could I please have that? But no, women's clothes have to be different. I am telling you, Costco, Amazon, and the internet, those were created for me. That's how I shop. This outfit, this outfit, this shirt, Amazon. These pants, Costco. Done. Relatively painlessly. Except for shoes. I love shoe shopping. That's more of like, I don't know, a fixation. I could sit in DSW for an hour and be happy. Shoes are different. But clothes, makes me insane. Thankfully, thankfully my friend, the Apostle Paul, has a much more joyful wardrobe in mind for us when he writes to the church at Colossae. Our passage for today is Colossians 3, 12 through 17. Uh, Do you know how my Aggie brain finds Colossians in the New Testament? I've told some of you in Women in the Word. Okay, so you open up the New Testament and you've got the four gospels, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Right? Okay, good. So then, you would think from seminary. Um, So then you have 
A-R-C. You have the ark. Acts, Romans, Corinthians. Okay? The next thing you have is General Electric Popcorn Company. As an Aggie, you can remember Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. All right, so Colossians chapter 3 is the clothing chapter. The clothing chapter. The first part of this chapter, Paul is telling us what not to wear. Before we get to our passage for today, he is saying, do not wear anger, wrath, malice, slander, or abusive language. These five practices in our lives do not represent our Savior to the world. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive language must be removed from our closet, must not be part of our attire. Besides, who wants to go around in a grumpy garment? I would much rather be happy. We want to be image bearers intentionally dressing. So Paul presents to us a joyful wardrobe. And he expresses that we are to clothe ourselves in the new self that we find in Jesus Christ. That we are continually being renewed with head and heart knowledge, head and heart knowledge, according to the image of our creator, God. So let's take a look at the garment of grace that God has in store for us, beginning at chapter three, verse 12 of Colossians. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, Do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. This is the word of the Lord. So believers, you are set apart by God. From the moment that you confess with your lips that Jesus Christ is your Lord and your Savior, throughout the lifelong process of sanctification, You are being made holy. You are known and you are loved so very much that our great God desires to clothe you to a holy way of life. To daily dress yourselves in tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. 
This phrasing brought about a picture to my mind. And as I searched the interwebs for an image that would convey this garment of grace, this is not it. (laughs) But this picture helps us to consider what Paul means here in Colossians when he tells us to clothe ourselves. These five virtues are not expressed in five different shirts. You're not gonna wear all five different t-shirts at once. You'd look a little strange. And if I look at that and I think, well, huh, today I'm just not feeling really merciful. I don't think I'm gonna wear the black compassion t-shirt. I guess I'll try to be patient. I could wear the yellow one, Uh, you know. That's not how it works. It's not an either or. It's putting on all five virtues on our body and in our hearts and in our souls at once. For any of the parts to make sense, they need to all be in place. It's all of them all at once. Let's look more like this. All right, so the collar has patience. One arm is kindness, another arm is compassion, one panel of humility, and another of goodness. I used to have a shirt like this, and I told my kids when I was preparing for this sermon, and my kids are old, they're in their 20s. I told my kids when I was preparing for this sermon, I used to have a shirt like this, I was hip cool. And they said, yeah, mm mm-hmm. Yeah, mama, you were hip cool in the 90s. So let's try one more image. I found this one on the interwebs and it seems to convey more what I had in my head. Maybe this is the best one for it. As believers, we are given a garment of grace. God has already picked this outfit for us. No shopping necessary. We're expected to wear this joyful wardrobe, all of it, all the time. Regardless of our age, our race, our gender, our socioeconomic status, regardless of whether we feel like it today or not, regardless of what's going on in our lives right now, we are to bear the image of our creator. So first, we are to be clothed in tender-hearted mercy. The Apostle Paul begins by urging us to clothe ourselves with mercy or compassion. Mercy from God to us is that he does not punish us as we deserve for our sins. God's tender mercy is not giving to us what we deserve. So in a world that often fosters division and hostility, we... As the redeemed children of God, we are called to be dressed in compassion. Just as Christ had compassion on us, we are to extend the same to one another. In the New Testament Greek, Paul's word here literally means being large-hearted. As Mark said last week, it is to bother to love. Compassion bridges the gap that's created by sin. It builds a foundation for unity, for growing together as the body of Christ. Second, we are to be clothed in kindness. The garment of grace that Paul instructs us to put on involves making a choice, 
of whether or not to be kind. In a world that is harsh and unforgiving, our kindness towards one another becomes this powerful testimony of the love of Christ dwelling within us. Kindness is a deliberate choice in our hearts and then in our actions. Kindness from God gives us green pastures, still waters, renewing our souls when we are weary like we find in the 23rd Psalm. When we exhibit this virtue from our joyful wardrobe, we are tender, benevolent, helpful to others. To express kindness towards those who are against us, that requires the equipping and the empowering of the Holy Spirit. Being kind reflects our Lord and Savior. Third, we are to be clothed in humility. Paul emphasizes the importance of having humility or being humble repeatedly through his New Testament letters. The truly humble acknowledge dependence on God and cry out to him for help or for love or for forgiveness or for whatever it is that only God can provide. Humility is not weakness. It's not thinking less of ourselves, but thinking of ourselves less. As we recognize our own need for grace, we are better equipped to extend grace to others. Humility cultivates an environment where forgiveness can flourish. Then fourth, we are called to be clothed in gentleness. Gentleness is a quality that is often overlooked in our culture. Our culture praises strength and assertiveness. However, in the kingdom of God, gentleness is a mark of spiritual maturity. A gentle spirit allows for the healing of wounds. A gentle spirit facilitates the process of forgiveness. In his gentleness... Jesus healed the sick, forgave sinners, and prayed for his enemies. His ultimate act of gentleness was sacrificing himself on the cross in order for us to be redeemed. Christ's gentleness towards us invites us to emulate his example in our relationships. And then lastly, we are to be clothed in patience. Patience is a virtue that stems from deep, deep trust in God's timing. If we will trust that his ways are higher than ours, that he truly has plans for our welfare and not for harm, if we will wait and hope in the Lord, he will renew us and strengthen us. God's patience toward us serves as a model for our interactions with each other. In the midst of conflicts and misunderstandings, patience allows us to endure, bearing one another in love. Clothed in Christ, then, we are called to embody these five virtues, 
And working through these in preparation for today, I've been just reminded over and over of the incredible gift of grace that God has given us in Jesus Christ. From time to time, you'll hear us up here talk about the app called YouVersion. You can do a daily devotional with them. And if you would like to do that as a practice in community, Elder Bill Ford would be happy to help you with that. He's a pro. He's a humble pro at this. I subscribe daily to a verse from them. I don't have to do any shopping. I don't have to ask Google. It just pops up on my phone each day. So (laughs) yesterday, in God's perfect timing, this appeared on my phone. That little bitty font at the bottom says Colossians 3, verse 13. It's in the middle of my sermon. I love it when the Holy Spirit does this and just brings things together for us. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Hmm. In addition to the five virtues that I have just described, Paul tells us, just like our Savior tells us in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. What does this sound like? Not a rhetorical question. Forgive us as we forgive our debtors. It sounds like the Lord's Prayer. You're hearing from Jesus and you're hearing from Paul the same concept forgiveness. So from our joyful wardrobe, we are to be clothed in forgiveness. Paul calls us to forgive, and that expects that we have an understanding of God's forgiveness towards us. The forgiveness we offer is not based on the actions of other people. It's based not on whether we think they deserve it or not. It's based on the redemptive work of Jesus Christ. Forgiving somebody else frees us from the chains of bitterness and resentment. This enables us to love one another genuinely. And that's what Paul wants us to do here. Paul guides us in this scripture. He says, above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. What does that mean to clothe yourselves in love, to put on love? I found this on the interwebs too. For our garment of grace, love is like a sash or a belt. It completes the outfit It holds everything together. Loving one another as the gathered church here inside this building, that will unite us. Loving one another in this place is growing together, growing in harmony, growing in unity. When we leave this place and we're loving one another out in the world, huh, makes it pretty difficult to mistreat each other if we're extending them love. It means that we see others the way God sees them through the lens of Jesus Christ, forgiven. As I worked through this sermon, I got to geek out in verse 15. 
the Greek here in the New Testament is interesting. In the English it says, let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For members of one body, you're called to live in peace and always be thankful. The Greek verb to rule, it means to act as an umpire. So try that again. The let peace rule in your hearts. Let peace act as an umpire in your hearts. The peace that Jesus gives us in my favorite gospel, John, verse 14, sorry, chapter 14, uh, John has Jesus' quotation here. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. This peace rules in your hearts. It's the deciding factor that soothes all conflicts. It's the purpose of our being united into one body with Christ as the head. While we're wearing our gracious garment, Paul instructs us to do certain things. We are to be thankful. Gratitude can make all the difference in our outlook on daily life. Thank your heavenly father for the simplest of things. Next, we're to let God's word inhabit our daily lives. Now, Chad and I tell you this all of the time. Being biblically literate and gospel fluent, knowing what the Bible says will protect you. Knowing what your Bible says will protect you. No matter what other people may say, it will protect you from Roland and Mark and Chad and me. Knowing what your Bible says inhabits your life. And then Paul writes that we are to employ wisdom, to teach and counsel and instruct one another. So ask the Holy Spirit to equip you and to empower you. And then finally, Paul says that we are to sing our hearts out. He doesn't really say that, but that's my translation. Sing our hearts out, no matter your musical preference, your worship style, raise the roof and sing for all your worth for God to hear the praise. The folks in Colossae who heard this, they were not a church that Paul personally founded. He was hearing about them and he was hearing about the challenges that their church faced So when he wrote them, at that time, the Colossians were treating their faith kind of like a buffet, kind of like a a smorgasbord. One of the guys from the 930 service told me it's cafe Christians, cafeteria Christians. So you might kind of picture in your mind, like they liked this Christian practice and they liked that Jewish belief. And then this ritual with the moon and the stars for good luck, that was nice. And they just made a plate of what they believed. So Paul enters in and reminds them that there is one true way in Jesus Christ. And if we're going to be representatives in this world for him, our actions are going to be conducted and therefore received. As though we wear a label on our clothes, on our gracious garment That label says, representative of Jesus. Or you might think about as you walk and as you go and as you do, 
there's a sign over you, representative of Jesus. If we're going to be that kind of representative, we'd better do our dead level best to bear his image. These five virtues, kindness, compassion, humility, gentleness, and patience. In addition to forgiving one another and the uniting factor of love and then the rule of peace in our hearts, these begin to sound a little bit familiar. Kindness, gentleness, patience, love, peace. Where have you heard some of these before? Galatians 5. These are the part of the fruit of the Spirit. There's nine of them all together. Paul teaches in Galatians 5, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. All right, so you know at Texas A&M, bless you, and at Fuller, if any of my, come on, if any of my professors said something repeatedly, like Paul does here in Galatians and in Ephesians, I mean in Colossians, well, that was a clue to me that it was going to be on the final exam. When we're hearing this repeatedly, it conveys importance for our daily lives as you encounter things repetitively in the Bible. Don't discard it. Know that it's part of the final exam. It's part of how we are called to be representatives of our Lord. In this passage, the Apostle Paul provides us with the design for our wardrobe of joy. Living as a community of believers, clothed in the virtues of Christ, I am praying that our hearts will be open to the wisdom of God's word. That we will allow it to shape our lives personally and then our relationships. I am praying that wearing this gracious garment serves as a powerful witness to the transformative power in Christ's love. In doing so, we will fulfill the very mission of First Pres. It's in Matthew chapter 22, to love the Lord our God with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. As we depart this place and go, wherever that might be, going to school, going to work, going home, going to the grocery store, or to a restaurant, or to a doctor's office. Wherever we go as the sent church, whatever we do or say or write or work, let's do it all as representatives of our Lord Jesus Christ. Give thanks to God our Father. Dress yourself every morning in the garment of grace, compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Throw in some forgiveness and then put on a belt of love. Pull the outfit together. No need to dig through the racks. The everlasting God has already designed your wardrobe of joy. And you know what? The gracious garment comes exactly in your size. It fits you perfectly. Joyful wardrobe is a blessing and a privilege. So put on Christ and wear him well.
Amen. Holy Father God, King of kings, Lord of lords, we praise you. We thank you. We confess to you that we don't always put on the wardrobe and we ask you to work in us and through us now that we would dress daily in this wardrobe of joy, that we would extend graciousness to all we encounter. In the strong name of Christ, we pray. Amen.